Hey everybody, Dave Hodges here, host of the Common Sense Show. We're back home in our studios, yay, yay. But hey, thanks to Tim Alberino and his uh, great support staff at the Birthright Conference for having uh, Doug and I handle a lot of the media and do the preliminary media interviews. And man, that was good. That was so much fun. And we had we saw very great talent on display. And uh, Gary Haven, of course, good friend of the show. Uh, Tim, so it was really wonderful. Great experience. Got to go to Nashville. First time I've ever been in Tennessee. So it was pretty cool. People are really nice. Um, it's uh, it, it's interesting to see the different cultures within the United States. You know, the different cultures that Biden is trying to destroy. Um, <laughs> and so on those lines, we're going to move forward with our show. Um, we are the show, by the way, that's freeing America one enslaved mind at a time. But we need your help. Share. Share this. Share the podcast. They're all digital. Some of you will be listening to this on our radio networks. And some might be listening to a version of this on our podcast services. But uh, all digital. And you can share to your heart's content. And uh, you can use it. We, we, we don't put any restrictions on people. Because we are fighting literally for our lives. So please, please, we need the sound of marching feet. And if enough of us rise up, we can put an end to what the World Economic Forum, the World Health Organization, and the greatest traitor in the history of the United States of America, Joe Biden, what they are trying to do to us. And trust me, they want to depopulate you, 90% of you. So we have uh, John Wayne with us today, and we're going to be talking about uh, conscription in Russia and I'm going to be asking him a question. Who are they conscripting for? Might not be Ukraine. So we'll be getting into that as well as some other things as well. And it's going to be a really interesting show. First, I need to let you know, and I'm not going to stop. I'm going to be like the old nagging woman who just won't leave you alone. But at the end of the day, you find out she was right. Food and water, ladies and gentlemen, stop messing around. Stop procrastinating. And... You know, we are looking at more preparations. Uh, we're actually looking at a greenhouse now, and that means we've got to stop some discretionary spending. And if that's what it takes, folks, you don't have real long. I don't know when they're going to collapse this, but I know collapse is here in our future. And it's obvious for, I mean, <laughs> a blind man could see this. So what are you going to do? Well, you need storable food. You need two years, and you need two years supply of seeds. Seed store for five years. So you could have the two years of food. You could be growing the seeds, and you'll have, be able to go five years out. And by then, hopefully, we have figured something out. Ladies and gentlemen, my MPS is one of the few storable food companies standing, and they still have kept the price the same. Oh, no, we went out for Mother's Day dinner. Yeah, we thought we had a special, but the special was $2 more, and we paid three months ago. Ain't no specials anymore, except at MPS. They still have their special. 2,000 calories per day, 25-year shelf life. And the food tastes good. Go to preparewithdave.com. You need the water. Um, Putin makes good on cyber attack, which if we go to war with Russia directly, you know that's going to be the first thing he does. So you're going to have to scavenge for water. Swimming pools, lakes, streams, runoff. And the rule of thumb is you need um, a device for each person in your family because you got to deal with volume. You can't transport a mile, half a mile with water in a canister and expect to water everybody in your family. You need one for everybody plus one for security and backup. 
And so, yeah, that's where a little bit of expense comes in. But if you want water, that's what happens. And on the fifth day of a crisis, Naval War College says that's the number one cause of death. The Alexa Pure Pro Water Filter is number one in all the research. So go to waterwithdave.com, and they, too, have not raised their price. Amazing, isn't it? Isn't it just incredible? So, one more thing. Would you like to have a soft landing after the crash? Then get the hell out of the system. That means only have operating capital bank and be prepared to lose it when they crash the system. And you're not getting it back. Don't give me FDA insurance. And there's no such thing. They have 1.2% of the cash on hand to cover all the deposits. We've covered that in many, many of our shows. So uh, just put in there what you can afford to lose and what you need to operate on. And that's when you go gold, silver, precious metals of all types. If you have an IRA, you can gold back the IRA. Say, what? Oh, yeah, Noble Gold will convert this for you, and you won't lose it. Bank goes down, bye-bye, whatever you put into it, bye-bye. goes in some banker's you know, little portfolio for their survival fund. But Noble Gold can help you have a soft landing after the crash, and this is what I've done. I'm a customer of Noble Gold. You can call them at 877-646-5347, 877-646-5347. If you'd like to look at material first, Go to goldbeforelate.com, goldbeforelate.com, but you'll have to call them because they are not pushy. So now that we understand each other, you need precious metals, you need food, you need water, and those are all of our ads for this show. But ladies and gentlemen, listen to me clearly. No more, yeah, I'll do it tomorrow. Because you come to my door, I know you not. And I'm sorry, but I know you not. I have my own family to take care of. You have your family to take care of. You need to do it today. John Wayne's been a frequent guest on our show with me traveling and all that good stuff and going to conferences. And we haven't had him on for a little while, but he's in much better health than he's been, which is uh, praise God for that. And he's coming on to kind of bring us up to date on some subtle Russian weaponry, along with conscription going on inside of Russia. And I think this has a direct bearing on the United States. John, welcome to the show. Glad to hear you're doing better. And, uh, Good to have you on. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, Dave. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. Uh, everything that's taken place from what you were just speaking about with uh, the integral uh, structure within our country, and it's, de- it's degradating, it's um, crumbling, it's falling apart. The infrastructure is no longer there. You know, um, I want to get into this Russia thing, but first, like you were saying, I want to mention this. You know, we're still on last year's grain supply. There's no fields that have been planted here uh, where I'm at. And corn is a big thing. Usually corn is about, I don't know, three and a half, four inches sprouted by this time of year. It's not there. They're not even tearing up some of the fields. So it's not good. Um, We're headed in a very dire direction with how this country is being ran in many different factions and forms and ways. But now to the Russian side of the uh, coin of what's taking place, the, the Victory Day Parade there yesterday or this morning, last night, whichever. Um, interestingly enough, I'd seen some things that I haven't heard anybody else speak of, but there are two different camera views during this parade that took place that were just absolutely extraordinary, literally in the terms of extraordinary. You just, it's almost unbelievable. One of these camera views, the camera was literally leaving the afterburner of a, uh, was it like an SU-37 or something like that? And one of their top line aircraft. This camera was leaving the afterburner. 
and it viewed the afterburner like as it left it. I mean, that's uh, some kind of a technology if you if I've ever seen or heard of it. Now, the second camera view <laughs> that I saw that was just absolutely off the wall, it, it was when they were showing the T-34s, and the T-34s are World War II tanks for those folks out there that don't uh, know. This thing was flying over the top of the T-34, looking down at it, and then all of a sudden, it flew in front, I mean, at a, at a speed that was just, it's ridiculous. And it went inside the barrel of the end of the, the end of the barrel of the tank, goes and traverses through the barrel and comes out through the breach inside the turret. And then that's where the, that camera view stopped. Now, <laughs> I think that was kind of like saying, hey, look, look what we've got. Look what we've got and what it can do. Now, if you're on a battlefield and you release these things to whatever they are, and I, I tried to see what they are, but you can't see what, any, what these things are, uh, interestingly enough. But the but whatever it was, if this was to be released on a battlefield, you wouldn't want something flying down the breach of your tank if you've got it loaded. You know, that's just not good. What do you think it tells us? Well, it's just telling me that they've got some extremely advanced uh, physics of weapons that unlike we've anything we've seen before. I mean, I'm pretty sure we've got I mean, heck, who's to say we might have some that something that's only you know on the same par. We just don't know about it. There's a lot of classified weapons and stuff that they're working on here in the States and have been for a long time. But it's just showing that this is a is a possibility. I mean, this is real. You know, it, it wasn't a made up camera view. I mean, this was all in real live time. <clears throat> it just goes to show that the, that they have these. And they're so maneuverable and agile that it can literally fly down the breach of a moving tank. That's the thing that I find just absolutely beyond. You know, in, in down the barrel into the breach. Well, let's say you weaponize this thing to where it can explode. Now you've got something that can down fly down the barrel into the breach of a tank. Let's say the tank's loaded, got a shell in there. That detonates and it blows the shell up inside the turret of the tank before it's even fired. So that's something over the top. I mean, it's, I've never seen such technology. You know, especially the the camera view of whatever these were, the one leaving the back of a jet as yeah. the jet had its afterburners going. Anything would anything else would be melted. How did you get that view? What do you have that can take pictures like that? It's something that's that hot. You know, there's a lot of questions to be had about that. I mean, and I noticed it. And I'm just throwing it out there because I haven't heard anybody else speaking about it. That's it. Really you interesting. Know? The part about penetration of a of a slit in a tank or any other armored vehicle would be devastating because you could take out an armored column with nothing but drones. Oh, absolutely. Without a doubt. You know, and not only that, I mean, you know, to a degree, depending on how these things are armed and what they can do, you know, you might even be able to use said vehicle if you can get them to go inside. You know, just clean up the inside, take what's inside out, and then now you've got your, you know, a tank that you've taken over or, you know, an AP, MP, uh, APC or a personnel carrier or whatnot. I mean, it's it's just going to show that, like you know, like I said, I you know, this has been a weapons race from hell since the 1950s, and they haven't stopped at all. For since then, up until now, it's been nothing but build as many weapons as we can. And I've heard so many people. I mean, and don't get me wrong, there's some old timers out there that are saying, well, you know, them Russians, they just, you know, I bet they aren't as good as fighting, and their equipment ain't worth anything. It's like, look, anybody that watched the Victory Day Parade, they've got a lot of stuff. And they've got a lot of men and material, you know. And for us, 
here in the West, the United States, and we'll get to the conscription part in a second. I want to lead into it with this. Absolutely. With, with here in the United States and the sinking of the Moskva, this uh, flagship of the Black Sea, you know, for some reason, <laughs> the West, especially the United States, wants a war with Russia. Because they come out and say, well, you know, yes, uh, we sunk that ship with our intelligence data. We gave it to the Ukrainians, and then they used that to sink it. Well, that's implicating us in war. You know, I mean, we're at war with Russia. Well, we are not... at war with Russia. It's a proxy war for the most part right now. But uh, it won't be... Well, you do have boots on the ground, but they're the spec ops behind the scenes guys. But uh, we are we are not engaged directly. However, <laughs> you bring up a good point, and my audience has heard me say this, but we haven't talked for a while. Right. Um, I know for a fact, and I have good sources in Mexico, I know for a fact that most of, not all, Latin America is going with Russia. Not that they support Putin and what he did in Ukraine. Quite frankly, I'm sure many of them are troubled by it. But they are going with gold-backed currency. And it's not that they say, oh, we have absolute confidence. <laughs> no, no, that's not what it is. Um, they fear the digital system. And this is what I'm getting. Um, I, I talk to a lot of expats, too. And uh, expats will have more government contact in the country they're in because they're expats. They have to report. And what I'm hearing consistently is this, is digital bad because it means enslavement, but it doesn't mean domestic enslavement. It means enslavement behind whoever controls the digital, which means your country, your government could be rendered irrelevant and, and you could be plundered economically for bad behavior if your system is controlled by digital. Does that make sense to you? Am I, am I saying well, it clearly enough? Yeah, absolutely. It's kind of, I don't know, it's, it's, if it would be like a backdoor or a sieve, you know, I mean, there's, there's not, it, it's, uh, it's open. Yeah, absolutely. And so what, what I'm looking at here is what we're seeing in Ukraine. And this is what I think the main fight is about right now. It's, this is a war between two competing, um, money systems. Mm -hmm, absolutely. And it's digital versus gold backed and the world like Not India, only that, fuel, they're choosing fuel the too. gold backed. The most of the countries uh, now, China, typical China, not loyal to anything, uh, stands for nothing. No moral base, no philosophical underpinnings except control. They're on the fence. They have half of their roots <laughs> tied to the uh, World Economic Forum and the World Bank, and they have the other half tied to Russia. And they're doing gold backed stuff with Russia. So, you know, conflict of interest, isn't it? <laughs> well, I, here's what China China's sitting around saying, let's wait and see what happens. And they're hoping uh, that America and Russia duke it out. They're both so weak. China can overcome everybody and become the world policeman. It's really right. clear that's what their goal is. But these competing money systems are huge. And so what we're seeing right now is the beginning of World War Three in Ukraine based on alternative money systems. Absolutely. I, I see that. And it's, you know, it's never been more uh, relevant to what's going on on the global stage, you know, and, and there, are, see... there, are, there are people who are telling me, Hodges, you're nuts. No, no I don't, it, I, I don't disagree right. with that. I'm nuts, but about this well, stuff, that, I'm correct. Yeah, 
not only not only you know to the financial full on you know legit and of like financial systems and things to that, but also you know the black market. <laughs> the black market was a really big thing in Ukraine, and there was a lot of things going on that should have been going on with Western nations there. You know, you mean and, like Burisma. Well, Burisma, yeah, that's one. You know, I mean, but let's just think of that as being the uh, little literal tip of the iceberg. Well, that, right? that Burisma leads right into the bio labs. That's where I was going with that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, but I'm you know everything else besides the bioweapons labs and that. I mean, the human trafficking, uh, weapons go. trafficking, organ trafficking. I mean, everything under the sun was taking place in that country. Yeah. You know? Would Would you and, agree with this that Ukraine is the rectum of the world as far as morality goes? I wouldn't say that. I mean, you know, I, I, I look at what I look at is I see the populations around the world as for what they are. And they're going to be what they are, as whatever the degree is for how the humanity is developed and uh, prosper, prospered and moved forward in said regions, you know. But there is degradation. I mean, without doubt, there's degradation across all areas. You know, you can look into Ukraine and see what's taking place there and then look no further than, you know, Detroit or uh, Philadelphia or, you know, uh, the Skid Row in Los there's Angeles. There's a difference, though. You know? There's a difference. Uh, the trafficking, for example, in Detroit is subtle. It's not mm-hmm. bodacious and on display. In Ukraine, it's bodacious and on display. Right. Yeah. And it, it, Detroit it, it, is not developing chemical and biological weapons, shipping it to our enemy in China for release in the United States when it's politically convenient to paralyze the country. That happened with that happened with Ukraine. Right. And so I, I would not I, I see some parallel with third world cities in America and Detroit certainly one of them. But it's not I don't think it's a one to one correlation. No, John. not on par with what you're speaking about over there for what's taken place. Well, let me, you know, let me and... give you this where I was a nutcase, okay? And now I'm correct. It's amazing how time changes things. In 2015, I published that Devin Archer and um, Hunter Biden, and this is, I didn't know anything about a Hunter Biden laptop then. That wasn't even in the news. And I, I said they went on Air Force Two and they shipped unknown biological uh, weapons to Ukraine. And I said, I it might be Ebola. And that, I said, that's my best guess. I did not know, and I was real clear about that, but I said, the manifest is there, unspecified biological agents were shipped, and as Paul Preston discovered later, the six-member crew all committed suicide over the next two years, Uh, and that was on Air Force Two, okay, and that's the big guy, Biden, part of this too, Devin Archer is now in prison, so he is not being questioned by anybody, well, it's the same thing with the uh, laptop, Anthony Weiner's laptop, and the New York Police Department. Every every officer that saw or handled that thing, well, they're dead now. Yeah, exactly. Well, and also too, it kind of lends into Seth Rich mm-hmm. and that murder. Yeah, see how we're unfolding this. Look at, see, I, I'm going to go back to this again, and I don't mean to be so graphic, but that's how I view them. There's corruption in the United States. It's bad. But Ukraine is the rectum of the world. Anything that's evil. Hillary Clinton, through the Clinton Foundation, did gun running out of Ukraine because they weren't tracking it. They could export and import as they wanted to. You know, so yeah, absolutely. You are right with all that. 
you know, and, and I was I was I was wrong to put it into the degree for what I was speaking here in, in our well, country. Well, no, I listen. We're becoming like them, though. Listen, this is where you're right, John. I'm, I'm going to take your side now, because this is where you're correct. With the importation of terrorists and terrorist-related groups, and just That's organized right. crime into the United States, we're developing the same mechanisms here. That's right. You know, it's it's kind of a it's a form of mob mentality without the mob. <clears throat> you know. Um, for some reason, our countries are devolving into just absolute absolute horror shows. You know um, what is it? I, so this afternoon we went and had dinner at a Hispanic restaurant, and I'm sitting there and they got their news on up in the corner. Uh, I can't remember what the name of it is now for the life of my for the life of me. You know, down in the corner, the little ticker with the name of the news organization. But I mean, I was almost appalled. <laughs> it was just me and my wife sitting there eating, and uh, the one waiter in there. And I go, my goodness. And this guy, he's obviously from Mexico, had been at one time. And I go, my goodness, look down there. I go, that's got to be, it's got to be, it's horrible down there. What's going on? He goes, oh, absolutely. You know, he agreed. He goes, it's, it's horrible. He goes, you know, you go down there, and see, you see family, or you go down there to, you know, vacation, or you know, go and be there. Don't go and be anywhere else in the country because chances of walking out of there are relatively slim. Yeah, exactly. Um... You know. I saw a video, Dave, of a of a couple of guys <clears throat> that were from the United States. Uh, one was originally uh, of Hispanic um, nationality, and they're going down to see his mom. They got mixed up and they got turned around on a wrong turn, and they got stopped by one of the cartels. And these guys were freaking out. I mean, they were scared to death. They thought they were going to be killed. The cartel didn't kill them. They said, "Okay, now you guys, you know, you guys made a wrong turn. You got to go back here. You got to take that turn and go that way to get to where you're headed." You know, but they were scared to death. You know, to see this, it makes me look and see what's happening on our southern border and the people here within our country that are completely and totally unaware that our country is being invaded to the hilt uh, at, a, at a rate of in which we have never seen before. You know, as Russia is conscripting its soldiers, all of its men, any you know, I think it's up to the age of 65, you know, I think it's like 16, 18, 18 to 65 yeah. or something to that degree. You know, they're doing that for a reason, you know, here in the United States. Now, look, I'm not calling for conscription, for conscription here in the United States, no. But I did say they're going to try drafting your daughters and the women. And, look, they're trying to do that. Yeah, well, Chip Roy from Texas, the congressman, he's all over that. So you're well, correct people, about saying that. Before we go down the conscription avenue, can, can we take a mm -hmm. side turn based on your story for a second? Sure. Um, and so you're in this Mexican restaurant, and by the way, that's my favorite food, much to the chagrin of my waistline. But um, uh, <laughs> Rianos, number one, baby. I love them. Um, and all my friends say, you should have been born Mexican, Dave. I said, well, I'm adopted. Anyway, um, I'm looking at Marshalltown, Iowa, and I want to use this as an, ex an example of what we're talking about. Uh, my mom's family uh, spread throughout the West, but her primary family, after they lost everything in the Depression, she's a little girl, they settled in Marshalltown. My dad's side of the family, remember, were refugees from Nazi Germany. They went to the UK first, then it was London, of course, and, and England, and then they came to Iowa. And they went through their naturalization period in Iowa. And I, I used to be a frequent visitor there. You know, the local coaches tried really hard to recruit me because I had so many relatives in Marshalltown. And, and, and I loved the town. I lived there when I was three and four years old. And my dad was putting nukes on ships and was gone for 18 months. 
Um, so um, you guys who are in Marshalltown might hear, my address was 618 Woodbury Street. My parents made me memorize it. I still remember it today. So Marshalltown, wonderful town. But let me tell you what I remember about the demographics. Okay. Well, I played on Little League Baseball, and I go visit in the summer with these guys, and they had a summer basketball program. And I would say if you had 50 athletes that I might come in contact with, two of them might be black and two of them might be Hispanic. Okay? The rest were all white. This is what Biden's distribution has done to the country. And listen to me. There, I have no problem, obviously. I went to almost an all-black junior high school. Okay, so obviously I have no problem with that with some of the best years of my life. But I'm just saying, here's what Biden's immigration distribution has done. Um, Marshalltown, Iowa today is about 27,000 people. And I was looking this up the other day because I wondered what the impact of, because I heard that they were, from my relatives, that they were sending uh, Latin American refugees into Marshalltown in pretty Mm -hmm. big numbers. Okay, so... The population now, remember, the the Hispanic population back in the 60s and 70s was probably 2-3%. And the black population was probably a little less than that. And I don't know what the black population is today, but the Hispanic population, I'm looking right here, it's 31%. Yep. And that's, that, that is a result of Biden's relocation. So people say, oh, it can't happen. This is the heartland of America, folks. Marshalltown, 60 miles from both Iowa City and Des Moines. And and what we're looking at here is population distribution. And what Biden's hoping for, I don't think he's so much worried about Democratic voters because they can always cheat. I think he's just deculturizing America. If you get so many people from a third world country, let me give you an example. Um, and we have wonderful people that have come here in this manner and are lied to and they're told it's okay to come here and don't know they're breaking the law until they're here. I've heard that over and over. But, John, here's the biggest thing. Based on what you were saying about a Mexican restaurant in Iowa, you wouldn't have found a Mexican restaurant in Marshalltown, Iowa, until maybe 10, 15 years ago. You wouldn't have found it. You're Um, absolutely 100% right. Am I correct about that? Because, you know, you know about Iowa. You know, I'll I'll leave it to you to to fill in the gaps. But (laughs) do you agree with what I'm saying? And this is Biden. So how many third world people can come into a community until you become a third world community yourself? Oh, my God. I mean, it's it's beyond that now. And I'm not suggesting that's what Marshalltown has become. But I use this tremendous jump where it's headed. in Latin American population. Not, It's not that the birth rate of the Hispanics is so outpaced that of other races that they're overtaking in you know, a generation or two. Some of that has happened. But the majority reason is the implantation of illegal immigrants that have crossed our border distributed by the Biden administration. And, and, and also before him was Obama. Absolutely, 110%, you know, here in my local area. I'm not going to get too close, but... Um, you know, I reside now. Yeah, I do. And, you know, here where I live, when I was a kid, a child, you would, um, the demographics were totally different, you know, and it was at one, you know, at, at that point back then, you know, you may have had a murder take place every six or seven years. Now there's attempted murder almost every weekend. Um, <clears throat> and they say, well, you know, these men that committed these crimes, you know, they say a man from such and such a city. Uh, no, <laughs> that man 
is not from such and such city. He wasn't born here. He's not a citizen, more than likely not a citizen. You know, this is happening, and I've seen this happen. My dad's a deputy sheriff for 30 years. He called ICE. He said, hey, bring four Greyhound buses to the hog processing plant, and I can guarantee you I can fill all four of them. Did they do anything? Absolutely not. You know, they were told to stand down. See, the thing is, this has been allowed to happen. We've been overtaken from within. You know, uh, we've been usurped from within. And those usurpers have, uh, you know, sold us out, sold us on down the river to foreign national powers, uh, China and other nations. But, you know, the open border, that's as well, you know, speaking of, you know, other nations and their power and control structure. Well, what controls Mexico? Well, it's the cartel. You know, you're not going to be president of Mexico unless the cartels say, hey, yeah, you can be president. You know, Obrador or whoever his name is down there. You know, it's it's interesting to see, but I'm seeing our country be destroyed by fifth column elements being placed within this place. You know, yeah, no, you're, you're it, exactly it, right. And when I, I look at um, the effect of immigration into our country, um, most of the communities adapt until they're overwhelmed. And then the infrastructure, yep. the schools, and everything begins to suffer because, you know, you're, you're, you're basing your budgets and your tax bases based on your citizens, not your illegals that come in. And, and too many of those latter types um, strain the system. Right, and we can't just blame, you know, anybody of Hispanic descent. I mean, everybody... Oh, no, no, but I'm saying most of the uh, immigration, um, with, ex- with exceptions, because we get Chinese and Russians, too, and Ukrainians, but, and, 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 uh, but it, it's uh, mostly Latin Afghanis. American. Yeah, and, and, you know, listen, 90%, 95% of the people that are coming in are legitimately trying to es- escape the bullcrap that any of right. us would want to escape. Um, and they come here and they're thankful for the opportunity. Their kids acculturate. The fastest growing entrepreneurial class in America today is Hispanic. And they're the ones that are shifting political allegiance away from the Democrats to the Republicans. Uh, so we're looking at people that come in, work hard, have a great deal of sense, and are adding to the country. But we're also importing a lot of really bad people. And we're overwhelming some communities. And I haven't asked my relatives. I have farmer relatives outside Marshalltown in the county and I'd be curious to see how they view um, the importation of so many people at once into their community um, it's destructive I mean I, I, yeah. I, I just from what I've seen and noticed is it, it's destructive you know well, here what about, I'm at, what about the community Hispanic. that you're in Did, yep. have you oh seen God. something similar oh absolutely uh, I mean 150% 150,000% for everything what you're saying you know, um, but like I said, it's not just Hispanic descent. I mean, you've got every single form of walking life, Somalian, yeah, Nigerian, yeah. Uh, you know, everywhere from all over the world. Um, Arabic, I mean, you name it. And it's not good. I mean, because, look, this is the destruction of our country. This is how they're going about it. You know, I said, you know, in 2014 and 15, I was raising hell, Dave. I said, look, you European men over there, whatever happened to you, happened to your testicular fortitude. Your country is being overrun. And by God, it sure was. You know, they're coming across the Mediterranean Sea uh, nonstop. I said, watch, that's going to happen here in this country. I was saying this in 2015, you know, probably even 2012, probably even before that. But the case is, look, it's happening now. Absolutely. It's happening now. Yeah, and and, and people will take this, oh, 
that's just you're, you're being racist. No, I, mm-hmm. I'm exploring demographics and economic right. effects. Well, well, think of the demographics of this, Dave. I mean, what are you? Uh, what are they doing? Bringing Afghani men of war, you know, men of fighting age, Afghani's, and holding them up on military. <laughs> Posting them up in barracks on military bases. What in the hell are they doing? Well, I think I know the answer to that. See what you Go think about this. I thought about that, but you remember, they've already fought for the U.S. Okay? So they've shown a level of reliability. They also have combat experience. You don't have to really train them. Um, you only have to train them into the avenues that you're going to use them. But in terms of being combat ready, they already are. Um, right. they're, they're getting them ready for the next war. They're going to fight no, in American uniforms. Man. What do you that's think? Not, that, you do, I, that's that's the conclusion I've come to. You know, you know, well, we've always talked about how they're going to call the population here in the States. And we've always said that, you know, it's not going to be Americans pulling the strings to the guillotines and, you know, pulling the triggers to the firing squads to the rifles. It's going to be a foreign national to some extent. And, you know, who is that foreign national? We were ne- we've never been really to put our finger out and say, okay, that's the group right there, that group. We haven't been able to do that. And I don't, I don't think we're even able to do that now, even with saying talking about these Afghanis. To a degree, but there, there's got to be somebody that will do this. I mean, look at all the people that are flooding in here. I mean, what is it they said there last month or something? It was uh, 300 million or something was the count that they said that they thought had come across the the border down there. When in all actuality, I mean, the true numbers are probably uh, staggering. You know, you'd probably fall out of a chair if you're sitting in it. The It's just the fact of the matter is our country's being destroyed. I don't like it. This isn't what my grandparents and, uh, you know, my uh, great uncles who fought in World War II and family members that fought in every conflict since the beginning of this nation. You know, even from the Revolutionary War, my family's been here for a long time. We landed here in 1673 in Virginia. You got me beat. And, my, my mom's side, 1743. Yeah, I hear you. You know, we've been here a long time. And for my understanding for what's taking place on the face of the earth, the wrong damn people are in control. You know, I mean, I'm, I'm not here to boast or brag. I've traced my family lineage to the year of 510. My 42nd grandfather was the third king of Bretagne, France. You know, and I found this through the queen's own database records for genealogy, genie.com. The wrong people are in control. And these people that are in control are uh, full-on sadists. They're, you know, they're satanic, they're Luciferian, and they don't have anything else other than what they want to do is destroy, kill, maim, and make money on top of that as they're doing. The, the destroy, kill, maim, and everything else in the middle. Plunder, you know. It's sad. It's really sad. You know, but the thing is, is will this country wake up enough to the degree to save itself and its citizenry? You know, the citizenry of the United States is the most well-armed uh, group of people on the face of the earth. And that's the only reason we haven't been taken over full yeah. on inside yet. That's true. Um, what I really think with the immigration thing, if it doesn't overwhelm us with our infrastructure, where I really think it's going to help us along that we're talking really about war today, and, and I'm looking at this with the war application. If you came from a foreign land where there was no opportunity, and if you got food, you had to run home and worry about getting mugged or killed, and then you come to America, and for the most part, you're not having those forces, your kids can be educated in school, and if you can get them past critical race theory BS and all the other stuff, if you can just get them educated, 
that your children are going to do a lot better than you are as the immigrant. And then all of a sudden now they become entrepreneurs. They're better educated. And oh my gosh, life is so much better in this country than the hell hole we came from. Uh, even though we love our traditions and our culture, the governments were unbearable. Let me ask you this. Would you be willing to fight to keep that if you were an immigrant? Hmm. See, you I know, say they I mean, would. I think they'll be our most staunch defenders. You know, very well may be. You know, I was sitting there th- as I was sitting there watching the news, and I was talking to this waiter. This waiter that, you know, there's a little bit of a language barrier there, but it wasn't anything that we couldn't overcome within our dialogue of conversation. You know, and I was sitting there as I was thinking, I was like, you know, these are the people that's going to have our back if we have their back. You know, because they don't want to lose what they've come here and accomplished. You know, especially those that came here legally. You know, full on assimilated to our culture. They don't want to lose that. And I don't want to lose it either. So I guess that makes two of us, doesn't it? Well, I think you're exactly <laughs> right. Uh, it's interesting, though. Let me give you another comparison because we're talking about the internal edge of America here, folks. We're talking breadbasket, flyover country. I think mm-hmm. of Iowa people kind of like Kansas, Nebraska, so forth. Salt of the earth kind of people. And, and um, listen to this. This is really interesting. Foreign-born person, percentage-wise, in Marshalltown, 17% foreign-born. That's that's big. Wow. That's that huge. Big. That's huge. That means you're almost to about one in six people that are foreign-born in right. Marshalltown. And, and that that's what I'm talking about, the impact of immigration. And listen to this by comparison. Native Hawaiian or other American Pacific Islanders, 0%. Mm-hmm. What does that tell you? See, we're not transporting Hawaiians to Iowa, but we are transporting uh, immigrants from Latin American countries for the most part. And the, these numbers are, are showing this. And uh, the budgets, I was looking at the budget for public schools in Marshalltown, and they're strained to the hilt. But that's mm-hmm. what an immigrant population that comes in that their first generation isn't making a lot of money isn't paying a lot of taxes. A lot of them are off-the-books workers because they could be deported technically, although they won't be under this administration. And so well, it's, let's, it's let's, add, let's add this. Let's add this in there as well, Dave. The money that's made, <clears throat> if they've got family down in Mexico or anywhere further south, Guatemala, El Salvador, you know, wherever it may be, Nicaragua, <clears throat> they come up here, they work, they take up money, they send it out of the country. What does that do in our country? That's not good. No, you're absolutely you know? right. I, I've said we should tax the living heck out of that um, because it's one thing to have people come here and let them carve out a life. Right. Okay, and eventually, hopefully, they get naturalized if they're here long enough. Uh, but to, to, to drain our resources and pay limited or no tax and send uh, what you earn here out of the country, duty free. That that's that's that, a rip that's, off to this country. That's like a that's like a ship taken on water. Yeah, it, it you is. Know, look, it is. You know, spring, well, sprung another leak. You know, they're sending more money down there. No, plug that. Stop it. You want to hear another stat that's just amazing about Marshalltown? And I know sure. this is going to send you to the net to do your own community. But listen mm-hmm. to this: language other than English spoken at home, uh, mm-hmm. percent five years old and above. 30% are not first English language speakers. That's right. And, no, and let me tell you, day. I can tell you, I spent significant time in that state 
all the way into college, especially if my grandmother's still alive, actually post-college, going to visit my grandmother. And um, uh, that wasn't the case then. Wasn't the case at all. And, and I'm not saying this is bad, but I'm saying the impact on a community economically can be overwhelming. And this is what Biden's doing to our country. This That's is right. not a judgment about the people. Because, see, what will backfire on the Democrats, but they're hoping that they can have their control mechanisms in place before this happens. As I mentioned, Hispanics, large, largest and fastest growing group of entrepreneurs, college educated and so forth. Um, they're they're going to stand up to the BS that we're all going through. We're not going back to the old ways that my parents escaped from. I mean, th- this is what I hear, and and they're they're really militant about what this government's doing, to a large extent. But the Democrats are hoping they can get everything in place, and the lockdown has taken over before enough people wake up to stop them. Right. You know, and speaking upon that, it makes me wonder, and I've really wondered about this for some time. I've never come back to an answer with it. I, I wonder what the Cygnets planes, the RC-135W, it's a military surveillance for electronics uh, aircraft. Mm-hmm. It's a big thing. It's a big aircraft. Um, I've seen these things uh, take off, and, well, you know, you know I track and flight radar, uh, ADSB exchange. And these things are circling over the top of um, Native American uh, what would you call them? Um, relocation areas. You know what I mean. I'm. <laughs> the, the, uh, what? Why am I? Why have I? Why am I drawing a blank to that? The Native American areas where they're at. Um, what, what? Come on, uh, Crow reservations. There we go. God. Okay, it. I didn't know that was yeah, the term you were looking for. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, um, I mean, for whatever reason, it just was gone. You know, it just left the gray matter, and I had to grab it there, coming out. You know, the right side. You know, so. <laughs> okay. <laughs> But the Cygnets planes are flying over the top of these reservations nonstop. And it makes me wonder what in the name of God are they so concerned about in these Native, in these, uh, Native American reservations yeah, yeah, that they exactly. have to have Cygnets planes flying over them 24 hours a day. Well, <laughs> let me tell you what I do know. We, we actually had a meeting here publicly in Arizona about this. And this is interesting, too. And I associate this with cartel activity. So um, in Arizona, it was mostly Navajo women and members of some other tribes, and this got very sparse coverage in our mainstream media. But Independent Channel Number 3 out of uh, Phoenix covered this. And these women were holding a conference, and they were decrying the abduction of young Native American women. And it's happening in large numbers. This is what they were saying on the show. You don't read this in the newspapers, Fox, CNN, MSNBC. They're not covering any of this. But this was on Channel 3 in Phoenix. And I'm thinking, I have heard some things about it because I have some connections to basketball coaches on the reservation and stuff because of my background. And I, I we've had these discussions a couple times. And so this is an ongoing problem. I think it's the cartel kidnapping and trafficking women. That's my best guess. And again, this is another byproduct of illegal immigration because for every, you know, nine or ten good people that we get coming in that just want to fit in and, and, and live the good life. We're getting uh, 15 we're, or 20 we're, bad ones. They're, we're getting a boatload of, of terrorists, ISIS, MS-13, and this is the byproduct of this, and they're terrorizing young women on reservations. Did you know about this? 
You know, yeah, I have heard about it. It's kind of like the Trail of Tears thing. You know what I mean? You know, yeah, uh, yeah. and it's, it is sad, you know, because you have these organizations that are preying on groups of people. I mean, the same way as what, you know, what is it kind of has the Chinese prey on the Uyghurs? Yeah, uh, well, let me ask you this. What would, what would Ronald Reagan have done if this was going on in his watch? Oh my God! Uh, the border would be completely, totally sealed. You, a fly, wouldn't get through that border, I believe. And would he have troops on reservations and so forth? You know, I don't know about reservations because I don't know what the laws would be within. No, that. but I mean, you if know? he was invited in, uh, in other words, if there was ask asking for assistance, these oh, women yeah. and some of these women held positions. They're asking for help, and Biden is just ignoring them. Yeah. Well, there's a lot of people asking for help, and Biden's ignoring them. You know, I mean, not Biden. They're Americans. The the they're, he's ignoring them. Right. You know, well, the, our, the, the big problem is who's running the country behind the scenes, and that's West Executive and uh, Barack Obama. That's who's running the country behind the scenes. And, you know, I, I'm not ashamed to say that. You know, I can see it for what it is. We I can't call it for how I see it. And, my goodness, that's what's happening, you know. And anybody ever gets a chance, uh, listen to General, uh, General McInerney. Lieutenant General McInerney. You just took the words out of my mouth. And he's so on top of it. Yeah. No, you're right on the money with that. Um, But let me bring this to full circle because we started off talking about Russian drones and the advancements in their victory parade for World War II defeat of Germany, which was incredibly brave and should be championed by the whole world. Mm -hmm. Um, It's where people from uh, (laughs) modest backgrounds all came together and stood up to tyranny in overwhelming equipment and technology and were able to defeat the, uh, the the Nazis. I think that's a tremendous accomplishment. And you say, oh, Dave, you're supporting Russia. No, I'm supporting courage back in history against an enemy that threatened America. Right. And uh, th- th- that's uh, admirable, okay? But they're showing us, <laughs> hey, this. I think you're right. They're sending us a message. They know our analysts will look at this and say, look at this, look at that. We got a problem. Absolutely, you know, and you see for what's taken place as to the degree of, uh, you know, military, uh, well, uh, activation, for lack of a better term. You know, the like I said, there, the word is, <laughs> is a lot of men are being given call-up orders to and from their local military units there all across Russia. That means Russia is going on a full-fledged military footing. Yeah. You know, and us helping sink that ship is not putting us in a good uh, light of lime, if you know what I mean. Um, well, look at what Ukraine did, and I think we're going to see the same desperation in Russia. Anyone 50 and under, you're conscripted. Mm-hmm. If not, you're a traitor. Yep, and they were shooting them on sight if they yes. were trying to flee. I, well, I don't know if you saw the video. It went viral. Guy's in a car, and he's probably about 30. Mm-hmm. And they shot at his car. He wouldn't stop. It was a checkpoint. Mm-hmm. And uh, he got out and abandoned his car and tried to run. I don't know if he got sh- I think he did get shot. Yeah, he did get yeah, shot. They, sh- shot it. they shot him in the back, yeah. And, yeah. and uh, that, that, that's, uh, <laughs> that's what you'll do. Um, do, you you know, think, do you think we're going to face conscription here? You know, that's the... I think what is that? That's ninety that ninety billion dollar question. I, I think eventually at a certain time we will, but there has to be something that brings that about and that goes one way or the other. We could we could be hit by China and Russia at the same time. That could then you know and fulfill Dmitry Dudeman's prophecy. That could happen. 
But it could also be not that it's that or them, that it's us that do it to ourselves to blame it on them. The you know? Yes. Uh, are you looking for a false flag to justify um, yeah. expanding the war against Russia and getting involved in direct conflict? Bingo. That's right. That's, I think that's what you were saying, isn't it? Yes, it is. And, you know, I, I don't put that past anybody. Look at 9-11. That's exactly what happened in 9-11. You know, but for this to get us involved, full-fledged in a meat grinder in Europe, well, I'd say they'd have to completely obliterate a town or a city. You know, and what's well, the city that's been named here a few times here recently? So we hadn't talked for a bit. Uh, I know you. I'm pretty sure you'd heard about it. How the uh, Russian reporters of their state TV or there was giggling about uh, nuking New York off the face of the map. Oh yeah, with yeah, the, yeah. You know, and I think yes, you know, something like that. Yeah, that's that's, that's something to get us right into a war without a problem, hands down. You know, I couldn't that, agree with you more. I mean, I, God, I, it don't happen. Dead serious on this, John. I could not agree with what you just said more, and it's true. Um, I've definitely taken the position, and this isn't meant to be conspiratorial, or inflammatory, or sensational, to try to get people to wake up and follow me. Um, I firmly believe Obama's administration, it's the people behind the scenes, they are deliberately attacking America. We're not looking at gross incompetence or a difference in ideology. We're looking at the planned systematic destruction of this country. Absolutely. You know, and they're they're literally pulling the rug out from underneath it. I mean, what is this? Only if you heard this. <clears throat> a, a guy, and I think it's, he owns a Minnesota basketball team. And... Subsequently, he also owns a massive chicken farm here in Iowa. I think it's up around Cedar Rapids somewhere. And uh, the government paid him to euthanize like 300,000 chickens. Um, yeah, oh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, they're doing it with cattle, too. And, and, and yeah. Right, you know, and my God, what in the name? See, and that even makes me think of this. Look, Dave, we got chickens, right? And you were saying at the beginning of the broadcast, people, hey, man, get your house in order before things get real bad. That's what we're doing here as well. You know, we had money that we put into that because, look, we're, we're going to have to be sustainable. People are going to have to be sustainable by themselves, for themselves, and help whoever can, you know, within means, help whoever else you can. See, this is, goes down to fertilizer, too. You know, look, very much fertilizer to be had right now. Okay, well, them chickens out there and them chicken coops, I got two chicken coops. Well, guess what? That can be used in the droppings of the birds and the uh, straw. It can be used for fertilizer. Yeah. Right. But the thing is, they're coming down now and saying, well, by God, the bird flu is just nailing the name of God out of Iowa. You know, it's, it's like, okay, well, I don't believe so. It's just a big false. It's, it's a farce to get people to kill their birds. You know, and how far is it going to be? How long is it going to take until they start going around as they're doing in China? You know, killing people's pets in front of them. How long is it going to be before they come and start doing that to your pets? And if not that, you know, farm livestock, cattle. Oh, my God, we got, you know, some kind of cow disease. Oh, my God, look at the bird flu. We're going to go kill all the birds. I mean, this is asinine. You know, it, it is just totally asinine. I don't know if I can find a better word if there, if there, or if there is a better word. No, but I, it is ridiculous, you know. I, I um, think you're right on the money. Um <laughs> you're using probably kinder words than other people would. Yeah. You know, just, we're on air. <laughs> yeah, I know. And I look at, at what we've covered here. Um, people say we kind of went off on tangents, but no, no, no. It's all about national defense. 
See, I'm hoping like in Marshalltown, Iowa, the people that have been relocated there by the Obama administration, you notice how I called it, not Biden, but Obama. Um, I'm hopeful that these people will come to realize the fruits of what they are getting into and it's worth fighting for and defending. And, and I hope that these people will not show loyalty to the Democratic Party, because if we go long enough, these people that escape tyranny will be living in the same circumstances they just escaped from. That's right. And and that's and, what I'm hoping they'll wake up and, and, and say, yeah, I need to stand with all Americans here and we're in a fight against tyranny. And and uh, so that's why the immigration thing, I think, is relevant. I really do think if we can buy time through resistance that I think our immigrant population will be one of the most militant pushbacks that this country's ever seen once they realize what they're facing losing. Um, <laughs> but it's been an interesting uh, talk. The, uh, the This is all really related to the war, in my humble opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and honestly, too, John, I, I got to tell you, your analysis of this Russian parade is frightening. Mm-hmm. Um, I just looked at a couple of clips on here. Did you see, did you find them? The, the, the weird camera view angle thing. Yeah, I Ain't did. Something else? And and what I'm telling you is this is uh, this is wipe out your armored column time. That's a clear message that just got sent. That's right. Um, yeah, a very a very subtle message. As if it well, that were. was a good catch on your part because. You know, I touch bases with a lot of people on a daily basis. I haven't heard this one time. I'm, I'm interviewing later tonight with Doug Thornton, ex-Marine, DHS, military contractor. Oh, yeah, ask, and ask him about that. I, listen, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show him what, what, you're, uh, what you talked about here. Um, I, Doug and I spent the weekend together in Nashville at a conference, and I do, we didn't bring this up. He didn't talk about this. Um, I think it's probably going to catch him off guard, and I think he's going to have a holy poop moment when he sees what I'm seeing here. Because mm-hmm. what you're saying is right on the money here. Yeah, um, uh, you know, the Russians still... have been lying in wait for a hell of a long time. John, um, we got maybe a little over a minute left, and you got a really good show. And um, Thank you. Um, so let's tell people about the unequivocal truth. Yes, I'm on every Saturday, 8 to 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, The Unequivocal Truth, DEFCON 1. Now, folks, I ain't been on there the past couple weekends, been getting the, uh, the house, chickens, and yard, and garden, all that stuff squared away, but I should be there this coming Saturday. Um, but yes, that's The Unequivocal Truth, DEFCON 1 at revolution.radiofreedomslips.com, Studio A. Uh, yeah, so. That's the primary studio there. there, too, yeah. It's Absolutely. good stuff. And to all my um, friends of my ancestors that lived in Marshalltown and stuff, God bless all of you. I have a special place in my heart for Marshalltown. And I mm-hmm. certainly hope the new people that have come into the town realize what a great community they're in. And uh, they will raise their kids to defend it because we need to fight against these satanic evil forces that want to bring us digital slavery. We're out of time, my friend. we got to run. But, hey, thanks so much for joining us. Yes, sir. Godspeed, Dave. See you later. Take care.